0: Oh hey there, Martin. Oh hi there. Oh hi. I'm saying hey, as if I haven't been sitting here staring at you for the past 45 minutes. That's life. It is life. You know what is great about life though? Um I walked out of the room no. after we finished recording the last podcast, and I saw this Starbucks cup on the counter, and I was like, I didn't buy that. Did Anna buy Starbucks? And like she'll buy a tea from Starbucks, but she always buys a small. And then she's like, I bought this for you.
1: Oh. So I'm pretty happy. looks like somebody's got a secret admirer and it's their
0: girlfriend. It's their girlfriend of who four, four plus years. Who would have known? <laughs> That's actually, if you want to be a secret admirer of somebody you want them to never find out, the last place they would look is their long-term yeah. significant well, other. If you
1: found out you had a secret admirer, you wouldn't think, oh, it's just Anna. Yeah, exactly. You'd
0: be like, who... Who is this? You got to be their public admirer, so that way they'll never know that you're also their secret admirer. Yeah, that's like that's like playing 4D space chess yeah. right there. And then you can test out stuff fold. you're not sure if they'll like as
1: the secret admirer. Oh and then you my know god! How they'll respond to it. That's like a way to AB test your relationship. You can AB test your relationship. Let's make that a course. <laughs> how to AB
0: test four, your relationship? Four hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> No, here's how you do it. Okay, tip number two. Get them into playing dating sims and then hire a programmer to create a dating sim where there's like two different guys that she dates and then you like collect all the feedback and then this is getting real creepy. Yeah. Because now you're just like observing your girlfriend like a lab rat.
1: This advice may make you the kind of person she won't want to date. (laughs) So you're going to need to ABC test to see if she's okay with somebody who AB tests. It's true. That's... That's one of the scenarios, we're actually. i going to need a lab
0: coat and goggles for this. This is getting complicated fast.
1: Yeah, it's also getting not very viable as a form of romance. <laughs> it's, it's
0: <laughs> you know, Martin, I've been noticing a trend lately, and yeah. that trend is we're giving, like, incredible dating advice on this podcast. Oh, yeah? Recl- rekindling your oh, old yeah. past relationships. Rekindle the old flames. <laughs> AB testing your girlfriend. I think that week is the opposite of a relationship advice podcast. No, this could be the college romance geek podcast. Like, if if you need to learn how to, you know, what does it even mean
1: to be a romance geek? That's I don't even know. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of like a opposite thing. Ouch. I don't know. I don't know what what, is, what does geek mean. I don't, I don't know what it means. Geek means like what? Like really passionate about some one particular this subject. Isn't something that, is, that
1: people are normally geeks about. So I don't know what to picture
0: i'm a geek about romance people are like yes why, i don't know what, what makes you that what that means and then you're like well i run psychological a b tests on my girlfriend without her knowing and then they're like yes you are a geek actually it, it
1: sounds like they're they, they're dubious morally that's true i don't know if that's
0: i mean it's only a logical of extension of a lot
1: of those like pickup guy things well i wouldn't know if that's really being a geek at romance either
0: no okay i got it So all those like weird, you know, like douchey pickup guy, like they're all about like how to get a girlfriend. Yeah. Once you have the girlfriend and you still want to be like a weird creepo to her, take (laughs) our, (laughs) take our course on an AV test. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So uh, yeah, after you, you're finished getting your bad um, relationship acquisition advice, we will give you more bad relationship Actual relationship advice. Yeah. This sounds like we will tell you how to
1: poorly maintain the things that you hold dear. That's oh, man.
0: <laughs> and with that as our establishing opening to this podcast, let's well, get into Well, now everything these. else we
1: say is going to sound brilliant. But in And right? we
0: just. That's what it is. God. See, I, I was going down the path of like, people are going to think our answers are tainted because like the intro was bad but no i like your analysis better no we just got them prepared for horrible that's ideas true. and then we're just gonna blow them away yeah it's all about setting expectations and like juxtaposition of like bad performance and good performance yes gonna make the good performance look stellar and every time you use the word juxtaposition you get bonus points that's true juxtaposition is a good word mm. i know words i know yep. all the best words Anyway, let's get into these questions. This is episode 146 of the podcast. We've got three more questions to tackle as per usual. I wouldn't say always because we had five a couple of weeks ago, but this time it's just three. So the first question is, should I be actively networking slash studying how to get internships or jobs after college uh, right now? So what is the correct timing to focus on this? Um, Now, I wanna ask you, Martin, this question, was it on Reddit? Or was it like a tweet? Or- uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember, but I think they were seniors in high school,
1: potentially. Okay,
0: so they're still in high school. So what they're asking is like, if I'm still in high school, should I be thinking about how to get an internship or a job after college now? And you know what? I think the answer is yes. But I don't think the answer is like, yes, you have to be hardcore about it. Yeah. I think a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, we were talking about... Uh, Somebody asked a question like, should I read the textbook ahead during the summer for the class I have coming up next fall? And oh, we yeah. were like, you know, why would you do that when you could use the time you're trying to gain? You could just use that now for whatever you're trying to gain it for. So there is definitely such a thing as like putting the cart before the horse and, you know, trying to do too much that's going to come way in the future now. So you don't have to be like, I don't know reading every book out there on job interview prep and doing a zillion things. But I think there's a lot you can do to start preparing yourself now to be a really great job candidate as a college student. And these skills are gonna come in handy sooner than you think. For instance, I wanted to be on a club, and I, I talked about this last week, but I didn't talk about the origin of it. I wanted to be on a club called Business Council when I was a freshman. And normally... Uh, business council only takes sophomores and older to be on the council. Like freshmen, they just see as like you know you're you're just getting into college. You really don't know what's going on. People in the college of business generally don't declare their major until they're juniors anyway. So having a freshman on the business council doesn't really make sense. But you can still apply, and in certain cases, they will make an exception for a freshman to be on the business council. So as a high school student. I had joined a club called Business Professionals of America. And this is a club where you can run for a state office. You can be the president or you can be the treasurer or the secretary. You'll take meeting minutes. You'll do all kinds of stuff related to the position. So I was actually the treasurer for the state of Iowa's entire club. Uh, It's actually a national club. So the whole state of Iowa, I was the treasurer. I was in charge of helping put together like donation drives, managing the money of the club, managing the budgets for the state was at the state conference that was going to the hotels and everything. So I gained a ton of experience from that and I gained experience like sending professional emails to the club advisors and to the other people who were on my cabinet. And then there were also competitive events that we would do at hotels uh, where the state conventions were held. So I would do like a business plan competition and I did um, like an HTML coding competition, but that business plan one in particular gave me a lot of experience in pitching a business to a panel of judges and presenting. So there were all these things that happened in high school that enabled me to to apply for and interview well for that business council spot. And as a result, I was accepted for the business council as a freshman. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, next up in my freshman year, near the end, uh, I went to this professional development conference, which was run by Principal Financial, and I had to apply for that, got accepted, And there is where I met my mentor who was instrumental in helping me get my internship, which happened after my sophomore year. So there's all this lead up and all these little things that uh, if you're prepared for them, they can really lead to bigger things in the future. So if you're a high school student, like don't be thinking, oh, my job and any prep related to that job is four years away. It might be six months away or a year away. You never know. You know, and I mean, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this as well. I mean, you you and Will were building oiled up birds and doing like record label stuff. And uh, you got a job at your your community college. Yeah. Like what, the year you started there? That was either my first. It might have been my second year. I'm okay. not
1: entirely sure, honestly, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. But most of the things I was doing back then were at least, if nothing else, decent little lines on my resume that allowed me to look a lot better later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think the answer here is, I I think it would definitely be worthwhile to maybe like read a book, like maybe a, a short book on how to interview, how to write a resume. And there are some things you could do now. I've had a resume since my senior year of high school. And I've had a personal website since my freshman year, I think, of college. So those things really came in handy. There's a book that is now sitting on my Uh, essential books list. Let me look it up real quick because I forgot the name of it. Uh, I used to have, and I think I still do, have Confessions of a Recruiting Director by Brad Karsh, which is a very good book, but it's a little outdated. So it's good to read, but maybe not good for like some of the online resources that he may have mentioned. So I also have a book called, and maybe I haven't added it to the list yet because I might be behind on this. I think it's called um, How to Land Your Dream Internship. And it's by my friend Tam Pham. We actually did a podcast episode about it, and we will have that listed in the show notes. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's a good one. Maybe read that. Maybe do something like creating a resume, maybe creating a personal website, or at least grabbing your domain now, and then as opportunities come up in the future, whether they be in high school or early on in college, go after those opportunities and use those as career development opportunities.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd say it, it would be hard if you're at least in high school for it to be too early to at least have in the back of your head thinking about what's your personal brand, what are you trying to do with yourself, who Mm -hmm. do you want to be seen as, what kind of experience can you get, either little lines in your resume, volunteer experience, or connections, because not only is that going to help you with a job later, but especially if you're in high school, that's the kind of stuff that differentiates you from other people getting scholarships.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think to really crystallize it here, that's very, because you mentioned scholarships, that's great, to really crystallize this here, don't be so worried about jobs and internships in the future that you're like frantically going through as many career books as you can and trying to prep for prep's sake. Yeah, But instead, be on the lookout for opportunities that are gonna be beneficial in other ways that are interesting for other reasons, but that are also gonna help you develop those skills. Like you said, scholarships. You basically have to write a resume and a cover letter for scholarships. Like if you have to write an essay for a scholarship, that's very similar to a cover letter. If you have to interview with a committee for a scholarship, that's very similar to a job interview. Yeah. If you have to interview or apply to join a club at school, that is also going to have skills that transfer over to your resume, to your interview process, to networking, all these things. So don't think of the act of looking for a job as something that is completely separated, like an island apart from everything else you do in school. All of these skills transfer and interconnect
1: yeah the personal development part of getting ready for a job you can start whenever
0: yeah cool so next question and this is related it's a job prep question is uh how do i prepare for a phone interview versus a physical interview so i've done mock interviews but i found that phone interviews are my weakest type of interview it feels harder to show my personality when you're relying strictly on your voice well it is yeah it definitely is that's true so let's uh, let's rapid fire some phone interview tips, and I, I basically dominated the last question. So, mm, well, I'm gonna you say, take it. Wear good
1: clothes. You're okay. gonna you're gonna feel more confident a little yeah. bit probably if you're not in your pajamas or just doing a phone interview in your boxers, because in the back of your head you're gonna be like, hey, I'm in my boxers, they don't even know, <laughs> and that's that's distracting you. You can't be thinking that. You gotta feel good. You sound like Beavis and Butt <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm getting a job in my boxers. Yeah,
1: yeah. but. You should also, basically, if you're expecting any kind of call like this, you should have stuff around you to write, mm. write on, you have little your pen and paper, you shouldn't have to stop and say, oh, here, let me get a pen, just have one, be ready. You should yeah. have your resume, you should have little talking points, if you've got a tiny story you, you may be able to work in there, write down a couple words related to it that'll help you remember it, mm-hmm. and then just like glance at the paper, if, you, if you're if you like, uh-oh, I don't know what I'm going to say after they finish this. Oh, look, that story's relevant, I'll say that, I'm ready. But yeah you're going to have to work harder to emote with your voice Mm -hmm. because body language is like what? 70% of communication. At least it totally kills the fact that you don't have that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you, what do you think one could do
0: to emote better? Um, one tip that I have always found useful is to be determined about like smiling while you're talking. You're you're literally, you're actually smiling. Yes. And and I don't know if this is going to work for everyone, but whenever I am on a call with a potential speaking client or maybe a potential sponsor, anybody I'm working with professionally, I usually put my iPhone headphones in and I use that. I don't actually hold the phone to my ear. Oh, and yeah. I mean, I do that for several reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. That actually compresses my ulnar nerve in my elbow and hurts my arm after some time. Um, so I do it for physical reasons, but also it's just... It allows me to pace around the room. It allows me to be a little more animated. I'm actually kind of like waving my arms a bit and smiling when I'm talking. And I just try to get myself in that frame of mind of like, I am presenting. I'm trying to be positive and and happy on the phone. And I think that really comes across in my voice. Okay. You know, and this is partly due to practice, which is why I would say if you can do mock phone interviews, do them. Just like we say, you know, do mock interviews at any opportunity you get. If you can get with somebody who's a recruiter, who's willing to do a mock phone interview with you, or heck, if you could do a mock phone interview with a professor of yours or even your dad or something like that, boom, <laughs> <laughs> dad, can I do a mock interview with you? I don't know. Like, you could be like, dad, let's do a phone interview. I want you to pretend you're interviewing me for like a job at your company, maybe in your department. Interview me for that. Question number one is who's your favorite parent? <laughs> uh it's actually the mom from Dexter's lab. Oh, good answer. Yeah. She's nice. She's pretty nice. Actually, I like the dad better.
1: You're because he's hilarious.
0: You're well, I just remember the episode where it. he keeps like driving the cars off the cliff.
1: Uh, like, I don't he tried, he, like he tried
0: that keeps. I think he's like trying to fix the car or clean it or something, and he keeps denting it and bumping it, so eventually he just pushes it off the cliff, and then at the <laughs> end of the episode the camera like zooms out and you can see there's just like a giant ravine filled with dozens of cars. Oh, <laughs> it's just all the dads. I don't think, I've seen I think that it's episode. all his. He That's just weird. keeps trashing them every time. Okay, it's great. So yeah, Dexter's dad. Boom. I don't know, but you only gave me like thirty seconds to think, Martin. Good. I probably could think of some better. You should parents have been ready for there. this interview. What about like Cartman's mom? She's pretty nice. I don't know that she would be my favorite parental figure. <laughs> she's, got her, she's got her flaws. Anyway, uh, yeah. So practice all you can. Uh, now, one thing you did mention was writing down some stories you can reference or something like that. One thing I've learned from 100 and whatever episodes, actually, no, probably 300 because listen, I didn't even think about Listen Money Matters. One thing I've learned is you can write too much. Oh, yes. And then you get lost. And uh, if you write too much and you're trying to like reference it, you're trying to look at maybe some questions you have for an interview, if you're me, or some stories and details about yourself you have written down, if you're you, you don't listen very well to the conversation and people are going to pick up on that. Listening is actually more important than speaking. So maybe write down some things if you get stuck, maybe a few keywords that you can look at and glance at immediately if you have a pause. But overall, your focus should be on the conversation, should be on communicating how you can be valuable to the uh, the company you're inv- interviewing with, but also it should be about like actually actively listening to what they need, what they're looking for, asking good questions, you know, everything that goes into the process of a normal interview. Now you're doing it on the phone and it can be tempting to just fill your space with resources that the other person can't see, but they will hear you using and leaning on too much.
1: Yeah, now that's a really good thing to bring up because when, when I say that, I'm picturing like I've got this one story that might be relevant and I wrote down a couple words to reference it. Because when I was in speech class, if I would write down like a whole bunch of words, a whole bunch of sentences on an index card, I would like skip a sentence and then get really flustered trying to fit in the other one and then mess the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Contrarily, if I would just put on like uh, this index card, say some stuff about that thing, then I would just wing it. Having the topic – Meant that I wouldn't forget it. But trying to determine how your conversation is going to go isn't going to work. You can't predict what they're going to say. So you cannot like plan your sentences like that.
0: Yeah, it's very true. Also, uh, you have to be really careful about getting yourself into an area where you're not going to be disturbed. Because I mean, I think, I think like the more in person and the closer you are to another human being, the more empathetic you'll be to something that goes wrong, which is why like if somebody. I don't know, acts stupid or falls in their face or whatever in person, you're usually like, you want to help them, you're like, Are you okay? Or you understand, or like, you know, if I'm watching you give a speech in the front of the class and you mess up, I understand because I can see the human. I can look at your face. I can understand. Like, I'm just like you, empathy. But contrast that to the internet. Where like if you see somebody make a mistake and you're uh just like, you're, ha, you're or done. they like tweet something offensive, you're just like, Wow, you monster. I hope you burn. You know? Yeah. And obviously your interview, your phone interview is not going to be like, I hope you burn if they hear your, I don't know, doorbell ring or something or your dog yeah, bark. But don't, but don't be like partying. Do what you can <laughs> yes. to minimize the chance of any disturbance happening. So I don't know. Tell people like, don't call me. Don't knock on my door. Don't whatever. Just make sure distractions are not going to come up.
1: Yeah. That would ruin me in an interview anyway. If I had friends and they just like looked at me and they waved and I was like, I was just telling a really important thing. <laughs> Hey, Martin, uh, you interviewing for a job over there? Uh, uh, sorry, go my friend came in. You shouldn't have to say, <laughs> sorry, my friend came in. I'm confused. My friend came in Avoid and told that. me that I
0: was boring and that, what am I doing with my life? And then he said, yeah, and like You, go you say
1: something dumb and your friend's just like, <gasps> and they like put their hands up to their mouth. And you're like, oh, now I'm out of it. I can't recover now because you just made me really self-conscious.
0: Wait a minute, Martin. Maybe what you should actually do is get all of your friends all to sit them. there and watch you do Every the one interview. of them.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm going to have a phone interview. Could you? Come by my place and watch?
0: Yeah. Well, as you know, you get three lifelines with your phone interview. Do you? So yeah. <laughs> so if the if the recruiter is on, you know, you're at the interview and they're just like, so tell me about a time when you were really challenged and you were under time pressure and uh, tell me what you did about that. And you're like, Well, can I phone a friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you get me. What's a good story? Give me a good story. Give me some. When was I under pressure? Well, you're under pressure right now. Well, there was this time I was nice. on a phone interview. <laughs> yeah, so uh, actually right now is an example of that time. And uh, what I did was I uh, I reached out to a friend for help, you know, because yeah, I didn't I, know what to do. Then I made so. everything all meta
1: and probably ruined the interview.
0: <laughs> Unless he listens to Neutral Milk Hotel, in which case he's probably one of those guys who likes meta stuff. Okay. So, yeah, figure out well, how into go. meta stuff your interviewer is.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you just keep, keep all them friends out. That's true. And record this stuff like in a closed space that's quiet. I with, really hope with that pen like, and paper. all of our listeners are uh, able to differentiate the sarcasm from the not. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I hope their our voices are emoting it because they can't see the body language, Tom. That's very true. They can't. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, they can't like see when they look over Don't again. Don't do that like, last
1: part. Wink. Uh, you should probably be by yourself in a quiet space where you can focus.
0: Yeah. Quiet space, focus on communicating your emotions and your positivity through your voice and your confidence through your voice and then have the resources you need in front of you but don't make them a crutch so have your resume out there maybe have a piece of paper that maybe has one or two keywords just in case you need to relate to a story or something and also if you happen to need to look something up don't have a crazy mechanical keyboard like I do because then they'll hear that oh yeah
1: Yeah, that would not be that reassuring.
0: Most people probably don't have that. Most people probably have like a laptop or something. So you should be able to maybe look something up during the interview if you need to. But again, that focus on active listening and being really engaged in the conversation and being able to ask good questions and follow up with good points because you're completely engaged uh, with the other person is of the utmost importance. Yeah, it's it's a conversation, not a Mm -hmm.
1: PowerPoint presentation.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and as you practice, you will get better. I think if I could give you like a number one tip here, it's practice because I have become infinitely better at phone conversations just through doing it a bunch of times. I used to be so nervous and now I'm like, hey, let's do it. It's fun, you know? Yeah. You know, and and then the other thing is like, as with a normal interview, don't view this as you, the lowly student groveling for a job and hopefully they'll hand it out to you out of pity. Like, no, a job interview is a discussion between two parties, two people, or one person in an organization trying to see if they're a good fit for each other. You have something they want and they have something you want. And you're trying to see like, can I provide what they want better than anyone else? And is, there, is what they're offering in uh, exchange worth it to me? Yeah. So always go in, not with an air of arrogance or, you know, cockiness, but be confident in your own abilities. Well, And it's just, if you believe you're confident, you're going to exude that confidence.
1: It's like, like a regular relationship. Essentially, desperation is not usually very attractive, and they're yeah. going to sense it. So you should be confident. You're a person who's worthy of a job, probably, so you shouldn't be groveling for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question. Um, So this question is not about jobs, it's about productivity. And this person says, I know you've already talked a lot about productivity, both recently and in the further past, but how do you honestly determine if you were productive, if at all? Do I deserve the five minute break or was my progress too slow? Stuff like that. So yeah, I guess it's, how do you go beyond, I feel like I was productive,
1: well, I think you need to set clear goals for each thing you're doing. If you have a study session, what are you actually studying? What do yeah. you want to know by the end of it? If you're doing work, if, if I'm going to go do some College Info Geek work right now, what am I going to accomplish mm-hmm. in that whatever hour period? It's not just, I did work in quotations. There's, there's a goal. Then you know if you've done what you need. But also, I probably wouldn't just punish myself and rob myself of breaks because if I'm not focusing that well, maybe I need one anyway. Mm-hmm. but I, yeah, you don't, I do. don't think focusing too much on whether or not you're worthy of a break is a good idea. I just set more clear goals.
0: Yeah, I do think this is pretty simple. If you aren't sure how productive you are, then you don't have a clear idea of what you're trying to accomplish because you don't know whether or not you accomplished it. If you did, there you go. Um, the one other thing I will mention, on the most recent episode of Cortex I was listening to, uh, Mike finally gave in to Gray's what is it? Nagging—that's the word—to uh, start doing time tracking, and he is using an app called Toggle, which I've used in the past. The yeah, time tracking that. app. So, and you can find it at uh, it's T O G G L. I think it is. If you want to Google it, yeah. And we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, so, Toggle basically it's just a thing where you can be like, I have started this task, and then it just tracks how long you've worked on it, and then you can turn it off at the end of the task. And uh, what they what they mentioned is that the strength of time tracking is that once you've time tracked for long enough, you start to figure out just how much time you actually spend intensely working, because a lot of people, especially students who feel like they're super busy, um, anybody who doesn't really have like set work hours, but even people who do, they feel like they work a lot more than they do because they often feel like they're at work for all like all day or a really long period of time. But once you start honestly tracking your time and asking yourself, did I actually work intensely for the period of time that this tracker was on, you'll start to gain more accurate data and a better picture of how much you actually do work. So for example, Mike said after a few weeks of time tracking, he learned that he actually works about 20 to 30 hours in a week intensely rather than the 60 or 70 that he used to think. And maybe 60 to 70 hours a week, he's, at work or, you know, jumping in and out of work because an email comes in or a call comes in, or what have you, but he's not actually intensely focused for all those hours. So that might be something to try if uh, if you're, you know, you're not quite sure right now how productive you really are. Try time tracking and then ask yourself, like, all right, for these hours I worked, what did I accomplish? And one thing they did mention is you have to do it for like a good few weeks before the data really becomes trustworthy because you have that observer effect or like the Hawthorne effect, something similar, where when anybody knows that they're being observed, they will naturally perform better because they're being observed. Yeah. And that's a temporary boost. So once you know you're being observed and you've gotten over that Hawthorne effect period, you're naturally either going to drift back down to your normal or maybe you will have stepped up into a higher level of productivity either way what you're trying to gauge is your norm and then from there you can make real improvements so hopefully that answered that question pretty well you have your your thinking finger over your mouth you have anything else to add nah i'm dead i got you're, nothing you
1: dead that's a, no I, th- I think that answer is pretty it's pretty straightforward you, cool. if you have clearer goals you'll know if you did them
0: that's true Alrighty, well that about does it for this episode. I kept it under 30 minutes, though we'll see. It'll probably go a little bit over because of the intro, or the outro, that's fine. Anyway, the show notes for this episode can be found over at cigpodcast.com slash 146, and there you'll find links to the things we talked about. You will find uh, extra material, videos, articles that may relate to what we talked about in this episode, so check those out if you want some supplementary resources. On that page, you'll also find a link to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And if you want to support this show, that is a great way to do it. Reviews and ratings and subscriptions, if you haven't subscribed already, definitely help this show to become more visible and uh, go up the charts. So thank you so much if you do that. And uh, also you can find our favorite resources for improving your life in a multitude of different ways. We We don't have resources on like how to bounce higher on trampolines or how to build the helicopter house that floats at all times. We don't have those, but we do have episodes, or not episodes, resources on how to learn more effectively, become more productive, track your time, all kinds of stuff. In fact, maybe I'll put toggle on the resources page after yeah. this episode. That might be something to do. But you can find those resources over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. So check those out. You'll also find our essential books list over there and a college packing list for anybody who needs to know what to bring to college. So check those out. And until next week, stay cute.